Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Understand, desire is hunger is the fire I Smith, that's a song that was co-written by Patty and Bruce Springsteen. On the piano, Sarah McLaughlin in town tonight. Says a lot about Sarah. Uh, team player, to say the least. At version. Uh, it's thrilling, man. Let me tell you. Let's get after it. This is Oilers Now for Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca. E-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. The boys are indeed back in town. Tomorrow night, Rogers Place, Kevin Lowe, Jersey Retirement Night as part of our Hall of Fame week coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now in seven minutes' time. Out with a new book, No One Wins Alone. Played 25 years in the National Hockey League. Considered one of the greatest players in the history of the game. The only man to captain two different teams to a Stanley Cup championship. Mark Messier today at uh, 12.15. Blockbuster deal in the National Hockey League. I'm going to assume you've probably heard by now. Jack Eichel's the Vegas Golden Knight. The Knights give up the injured Alex Tuck along with prospect Brayton Kebs, uh, Peyton Krebs, a first and second rounder to the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres send back Jack Eichel and a third-round pick, and we'll discuss that with Kevin Weeks from ESPN and the NHL Network today at 12.35. Kevin's appearances are brought to you on Oilers Now by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel at 105, and... Uh, we got moving targets for 135. We'll just leave it at that. You'll never know who'll make an appearance on the show. Last uh, couple days, Paul Coffey on Tuesday. Wayne Gretzky yesterday. And again, Mark Messier today at 12.15. We'll tell you that Kevin Lowe will join us at 12.10 tomorrow from Rogers Place, where the Oilers are having a very quick practice today. And Yari Curry will be on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now as well. The Oilers, by the way, are 8-1, and one, and they're going to take on the 6-2-2 two, and two New York Rangers. Should be a beauty. You can reach us at any time on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. Starting December 1st, the slot machines at the River Cree will be open 24-7. More chances to play.
more chances of winning non-stop excitement on the biggest gaming floor in western canada plus enjoy daily dining specials at more than their 10 great restaurants and bars for more information head to rivercreeresort.com you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well at 7804960063. We get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to AshleyFineFloors.com. The Oilers are 8 and 1. And you know what? It hasn't been pretty every night, but they keep finding ways to win. And that's our top story for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Straight into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. Featuring Edmonton's largest selection, unbeatable prices, and customer service that makes you feel like family. It was Jack Michaels on the call last night. The Oilers beat the Preds. Here we go. The Edmonton Oilers 7-1 looking to solidify their position atop not only the Pacific Division but the Western Conference. Once again back in the same conference as the Nashville Predators. Five seconds left on the power play. Nugent Hopkins, one-timer score. Leon Dreisaitl two seconds before the man advantage expires. And it's Dreisaitl scoring his eighth. Off the draw, Duchesne walks in two-on-one. Here's a wrist shot score and Duchesne comes right back and ties it. What's the message on the bench when your team surrenders a goal that quickly after scoring one of your own? Uh, you just got to move on. You just got to keep moving on, focusing on the next shift. Uh, that's, there's nothing you can do about it, right? When, you, of course, you you don't want to see that go in, but but when it does happen, you, you got to move on and keep pushing forward and keep uh, developing your game. Edmonton looking to match the best nine-game start in the history of the franchise. Reach shot score on a deflection. Yamamoto cleaning up the loose change. Connor McDavid, two on two. In over the line, drop pass, dry side, a reach shot score. He continues to feast on the Nashville Predators. He's got this team's number. I mean, that's 10 goals now for him in the last four games. It's ridiculous. Harper took out Cassian, misplayed by Duchesne. Centering pass, one-timer score. Shore, a brilliant feed from Warren Fogel. And Devin Shore has finished for his first of the year. It's fun to score at home, you know, with the crowd. It's been a while uh, for me personally since did that, and you know, it's exciting stuff, so it's all good. Face-off win for Johansson. Yossi with 30 on the power play. Shot to goal. And Ryan Johansson has brought Nashville within 4-2. The net is empty. Dry settle ahead. Pugliarvi shoots and scores. And now it's over. And Dry settle looking for Pugliarvi all the way. Finds him for the empty netter. 5-2 Edmonton. That's Pugliarvi's third. All right, there you have it. The Edmonton Oilers are now 8-1 on the season. Dave Tippett says the top guys are leading by example. Our top guys, if you look at it, they, they play pretty well all year. You know, they're, uh, the leadership group is, uh, they're a really committed group. And they, you know, their expectations of themselves are very high, but they understand the role they play on our team also. So they show up and they, they want to play. And both Connor and Leon have, have played very well that way. They're leading the charge on the offense end. You look at the points that New just putting up also. New just not scoring, but he's making an awful lot of good plays. The Oilers have the top three assist men currently in the National Hockey League. Leon Dreisaitl now leads the NHL scoring race. Leon had these comments following last night's 5-2 victory on the Edmonton Oilers being 8-1. 
That's obviously a great start for us. Um, I think that's something that we really keyed on um, to, to come out of the gates uh, pretty pretty strong. And uh, we did that. With that being said, we obviously haven't accomplished anything yet. So we, we have to make sure that we keep going, we keep getting better. And I think there's a lot of things that we, we can do better. But, um, you know, you don't you don't go eight and one or, or whatever it is um, if if you play terrible and, and, and just get lucky. So we've done a lot of great things, but uh, we can obviously do do certain things better. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, leading the National Hockey League with 13 assists, the number one overall pick, the 2011 NHL entry draft, signing the eight-year extension this year, $5.125 million on having 13 assists and zero goals. It doesn't bother me uh, when we're winning, winning games, obviously. Um, uh, you want to you want to put some in, but I'm not trying to force it. Um, I know it'll come, or I think it'll come. <laughs> Getting less confident in that, but uh, no, I mean just stick with it and uh, try to make the right play in the right uh, right situation. Um, I mean, it, uh, like like I said, when we're winning, guys are putting the puck in the net. That that definitely uh, doesn't bother me. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and that's our uh, Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct work where the Oilers and the New York Rangers tomorrow night. Uh, tonight, uh, it'll be the dinner celebrating the Jersey retirement uh, for Kevin Lowe. And all this week, we have done our Hall of Fame week. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was on the show yesterday, the day before, Paul Coffey. We are going to head off at this time. We're not even going to go to commercial break. We're going to get right to it. By the way, we got some feedback uh, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line on opening up with Patty Smith because the night uh, seemed to, uh, I mean, she's a legend in New York, and the fact that Sarah McLaughlin is in town as well and play the piano on one of the versions, uh, I, I just felt it was appropriate. But without further ado, we will head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We are joined by one of the greatest players in the history of the National Hockey League. He's got a new book out, No One Wins Alone, and I'm sure he is stoked to be here and celebrate Kevin Lowe's night. We welcome back to the show Mark Messier. Mark, it's Bob. How are you doing? Bob, great to be on with you. Yeah, absolutely. What's it mean to get back into town and be a part of things here over the next couple of days? It's been too long. It's been too long since we've been all together. We've got to do this more often, but what a great cause to uh, come back for. I wouldn't miss it for anything. And uh, so proud of Kevin as a friend and as a player and his family. And uh, it's going to be a great couple days. So I was a guy that uh, switched from number 10, Guy Lafleur, to number 11 for Marc Messier uh, when I when I grew up playing as a kid and tried to patent that, uh, uh, you know, coming off that right side of the, the shot, lifting that back leg up. Uh, you know, there's you must hear stories like that all the time, not just for you, but guys that grew up and loved playing the way Kevin Lowe played. And, uh, you know, not everybody can be a Connor McDavid or a Mark Messier, but is it, it, did you ever lose sight of maybe what you meant to generations of hockey fans and kids in this, uh, and I'm only a few years younger than you, a little bit heavier than you, but a few years younger, but in terms of what it meant uh, in terms of your guys' involvement with the community and in the city. Well, it's always humbling to hear stories like that, uh, for sure. I think, you know, we were so excited to uh, come together uh, when Edmonton got an NHL franchise. We're lucky enough to be the, the pioneers here in Edmonton. I remember having aunts and uncles that were just so excited that the NHL was coming who were lifelong, you know, Montreal Canadian fans, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, or the original six. And, you know, to think that here we are in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, little poaches stamp out west, uh, northwest, uh, to have an NHL franchise was a dream come true. Nobody thought it would become reality, but here we were. And, 
you know, we uh, banded together and created some magic and and uh, what uh, amazing uh, players. But more importantly, Bob, as you know, and we've talked about it over and over and over again, the character yep. uh, on the team was, uh, was just uh, incredible. And that's why we're here again tonight celebrating a guy that uh, – you know, might not have had the best statistics uh, ever, but he won six Stanley Cups, and he was the, uh, you know, the real one of the real leaders on the team. And uh, he changed his game because he recognized that, uh, you know, being a guy to compliment Paul uh, and be a, a guy that we could use to kill penalties and shut down opposing teams' uh, offenses uh, was of great value to our team. He did it selflessly, and and uh, this is why he's being recognized. Uh, tonight and obviously later in the month in, in Toronto in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know Jack Michaels and myself are part of the event tonight, and the one thing that we never lose sight of is the inclusiveness uh, of your group of guys. And, we're, and i got to tell you, I'm sensing that as a guy that's around the team on a day-to-day basis this year, I'm starting to get that feel a bit, you know, in terms of where this group is at and maybe where they might be able to get to. It's it's a hard league to win in. But can you speak to that? The fact that you guys made everybody, uh, Rod Phillips, and I did the last two years with Rod. Rod was play-by-play and I was doing color that, uh, you know, the first two years I did color. He talked about it as well, just how you guys made everybody feel a part of things. Well, it's just, uh, I hate to use the example of my book as no one wins alone. Uh, I think we recognize right away that in order to win, at this level and to play at the kind of level that uh, is required, everybody has to be able to play a part. Uh, you know, Wayne couldn't do it on his own. Uh, no great player has ever won alone. Uh, you know, it, and I think it all really kind of started with Wayne and the way he made people feel about themselves, the way he included everybody into everything we're doing. Uh, obviously, it became a huge culture here in Edmonton, and not only within the team and the organization, but real, it, and really we, we you know, brought the fans in the, in, into the whole mix and the relationship we had with the fans. And that's what it takes. Uh, you know, we saw it firsthand right here. Uh, anything less than that, uh, it's hard. It's, it's a lot of competition out there, a lot of great players, but it's the teams and it's the players and the leadership in these teams that can really galvanize the team together and uh, make everybody uh, uh, feel important, elevate them, make them help them believe in themselves. That's are the or those are, to my point of view, anyways. Those are the little things that you know really push teams over the top when the competition is so tight. And uh, you know, as we've seen now, I mean, anybody could win. Six-time Stanley Cup champion Mark Messier. The book that Mark is referencing, No One Wins Alone. And I know you speak about Doug Messier. I remember stories about Doug going up to Fort McMurray, having to wear a, a slicker uh, because of the, uh, shall we say, the uh, over-exuberance of the fans in that market at that time, pouring beer and stuff <laughs> on him. But uh, the reverence of which Ken Danico speaks about uh, your father, and I know that you talk about your dad, and obviously, you know, I've, I've gotten to know Paul over the years too at this time scouting with the Oilers organization just uh, is there any way you can underscore you know we lost Walter last year with Wayne and Wayne's spoken about that before is there any way you can underscore uh, the importance of what you know having your dad a, a pro hockey player meant to you as a, as a as a man and as a player well you know I got a very great education because my dad was a uh, hockey player so you know, we talked hockey all the time at home around the kitchen table. So I knew a lot of the nuances of being a player and, you know, what what a good teammate was, uh, what a good teammate did. 
as well as kind of working on the obviously the skills and all that kind of thing. But I also was uh, fortunate to be a stick boy when I was 14 and watched my dad coach junior hockey players to a national championship and and how much they, they love my dad because of the way he coached them, the way he mentored them, the way he helped them believe in themselves and, and reach their potential. So, uh, you know, that's that, that I guess in a way that's leadership personified. Um, and so all those lessons obviously are helpful. You know, I played with great players. We had a great captain here at Ron Chipperfield. You know, Al Hamilton was here, you know, Lee Fogland before Wayne took over from him. So we had great leadership early on in our careers to really understand, you know, what a you know, pro looked like uh, on and off the ice, uh, the responsibilities uh, that go along with it. So, um, yeah, my dad was a huge part of that. And obviously for all the reasons you talked about it and, uh, so, uh, you know, giving him uh, the credit that he deserves, obviously through all these years. And I know a lot of people in this area and a lot of people that he taught school, a lot of people that he coached, uh, would probably feel the same way. That was a 75 Spruce Grove Mets you were referencing. Uh, just, uh, you mentioned Lee Fogelin, and I've I had Paul talk about this and Wayne talk about this over the last couple of days. Because Kevin and Lee were the defense pairing for a number of years, I used to love how they channel forward to cut across the blue line and the other guy would blow him up. I love that. But but Lee really, I mean, the guy was, because tonight's Kevin's night, tomorrow's Kevin's night, Lee Fogelin was a massive part of things for Kevin, wasn't he? Uh, they were rock solid. You know, they, they relished the fact that to, to match up against the other team's offensive unit, uh, best lines, and shut them down. Uh, they took it personally. Uh, they hated being scored against, even in practice. Uh, they perfected the, the, you know, the penalty killing together. Uh, Lee was just such a great influence on us. Uh, what a dedicated pro, uh, always on time, uh, worked out, uh, dedicated, disciplined, um, you know, so that was really interesting to be able to sit across the room and watch a guy that had been in the league much before us and see that kind of uh, guy paying attention. Um, but the t- together, to your point, um, they just became that really shut-down pair that every team needs. Uh, and they did it so... Uh, with so much pride, uh, and like I say, you know, even in practice, they wouldn't want to get scored on in three and twos, and of course, trying to shut down Wayne and Yuri and Essa or whoever, that was not easy, but uh, they sure gave it their best and, and just relished the fact that when they did. Well, it's, uh, we're joined by Mark Messier. His book's called No One Wins Alone. Uh, I remember, I went and saw you guys practice. I was playing for the Southside Athletic Club. Guy Godowski, now the head coach at Penn State, was my center that year. And you were going at it with Kevin on a one-on-one uh, compete drill. And we were like, oh, my God. Like, you're just ha- – and I'm like, is this what it's going to take? So I'm going to transition that to your time in New York. And I'm sure you, you spend uh, – Patrick Garland picked up 120 bucks, Mark. So I'm going to be getting one of them here either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but uh, and we'll t- uh, you're gonna you're gonna get, be getting them soon because I just signed them all. <laughs> okay, there, there we go. So well, any, anyhow, I mean, you go to the Rangers. They hadn't won since 1940. It's a blockbuster deal. It killed some of us here at Edmonton because. But the situation was what it was. I know you've referenced it in the book. But, you know, you had some support from some of your Edmonton guys, and you kept on adding them, guys like Glenn Anderson coming in in the Gartner trade. But just the thought on what it meant to – I mean, you had you know, you know, had such a great team in Edmonton. No disrespect to New York, but it was a different type of team at a different type of time. What did it mean to win there for you guys? Well, it was, it, it was incredible, to be honest with you. When I – 
you know, it, it became apparent that the team was going to have to rebuild and start over again and look at that time of my life at 30, I guess at 30, 31, it became apparent that this would be the right time to tackle a new challenge and go somewhere else. Glenn was good enough to, to uh, trade me to New York. And I think the thing that struck me when I went to New York was how much passion there was there. And to me, that was a big part of the success that we had here in Edmonton, that there was a lot of pressure on the players, that there were a lot of expectations, but the expectations and the pressures that were being put on the team are all the things you'd have to do anyways in order to be successful. So, you know, we tried to embrace it the best we could and and understand the perspective. And the and, uh, and I think that helped going to New York because it was the same kind of passion there, the, you know, long-term fan base, hadn't had success in a long time, were hungry for a win. And, um, you know, I guess the thing when I got there, what I was most, happy about, I guess, is that there was a tremendous amount of young talent with Brian Leach and the great goaltender, Mike Richter, and Alex Kovalev, and Sergei Zubov, and then, of course, we added the, the Oilers to come in and compliment and add depth and grit and experience and character, and, you know, we might not have been the best talent or the most talented team that ever won, but we were a perfect blend of a team in every way, and, uh, you know, we started marching towards the uh, uh, the cup when Keenan came in, you know, we won the president's trophy my first year. We didn't make the playoffs the second year and I hired Mike Keenan. And the first thing Mike did was showed a parade, ticker tape parade down, you know, Canyon of Heroes in New York City to start the ingrained uh, into everybody's mind of why we're here. Up until that point, I think everybody was a little bit afraid to talk about a championship or winning a Stanley Cup for fear of failure. And of course, uh, when you set expectations high and they're not met, um, you know, it, uh, it disappoints a lot of people. So I think that changed. Uh, we, you know, we changed that uh, around a little bit. We, we started talking about what we're here for. We set expectations high and, uh, we got the players in there to, uh, to, uh, believe in that vision. And collectively we went on an incredible journey from the start of the season to the very end. And what a magical ride that was. Mark, we got about a minute. I've taken a lot of your time here. Special thanks to Aldo and Patrick for setting this up for us. Uh, you're, at, you're at ESPN. I got to get Aldo in there. Uh, and Luke's playing great down in the minors for Bakersfield. But uh, just a quick thought, uh, 30 seconds or so. We got Kevin Weeks coming up from ESPN right after you. You're now with ESPN after spending all those years as uh, a, a support management type with the Rangers organization. Just your thoughts on making the transition to TV. How are you liking it? Loving it. Uh, they've been so accommodating, so great at ESPN and welcoming Chris and I in. Uh, you know, I, I was that kid here in Edmonton growing up, Hockey Night in Canada, 6 o'clock on Saturdays, listening to the great Dick Irvin, Danny Gallivan, you know, Rob Phillips, uh, Doc Emmerich, uh, the greatest uh, guys that have ever brought the game alive into our living room. So, you know, I know what it's like to stay home and watch TV. I've done it since retirement. I watch hockey every night. Uh, all through the regular season and the playoffs. And uh, I take a lot of responsibility for the job. I hope I can do a good job. I got a lot to learn, obviously, but it feels good to be a rookie at 60 and get those butterflies. No one wins alone as the book. It's at all of it's. It is out, right? I know that uh, it, it's out and about. So best of luck with it. I know you're making the, making the tour. You gave us uh, some extra time today. Uh, we'll see you tonight, Mark. Thank you very much. Good, good talking to everybody. Cheers. Cheers. That is Mark Messier joining us on Oilers Now. It's 1229 in the break. Uh, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update. Kevin Weeks from ESPN and the NHL Network when we return. 
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.